Shalom, everyone. Good morning. Good to be back with you and uh, ready for the next Hebrew lesson, I guess, right? So uh, a lot of you, a lot of familiar faces, so good to see you. And if, I, if we haven't met before, maybe you're even new to the church here. Uh, and I'm a Messianic rabbi, Barney Kasdan, uh, meaning that uh, Jewish background, brought up here in Southern California, San Diego, and uh, I became a believer in Yeshua, Jesus, as the Messiah in my college years. And uh, that was a little change of paradigm there for a Jewish guy. <laughs> Pretty secular, but, uh, you know, to accept Jesus, that was a new thought. But then I, I realized, of course, that, well, it wasn't such a new thought 2,000 years ago for Jewish guys. I mean, it did all start in Israel, you remember, right? All those early Christians uh, were Jews. Uh, I, one of my latest books that I have on my shelf that I bought, a uh, book, and the title's worth it right there, is, is called When Christians Were Jews. And this is from a scholar at Yale University, that uh, makes some good points because that's really what it was, right? It all started in Jerusalem and Israel and among Jews, a messianic sect, if you will, of Judaism. And then it kind of went viral before viral was a thing, right? <laughs> went international. And uh, so there is a Jewish way to follow Jesus. And I lead a congregation in San Diego in Claremont area, just down the freeway. And uh, we just are very blessed to follow our Jewish tradition with our faith in Jesus, in Yeshua, as the Messiah. One of those traditions is yarmulke, right? And I always wear one, uh, usually around, but this one's special. Can you see it? Okay. So I was wearing it when the Padres beat the Dodgers, so it had to work, do something. Uh, I don't know what happened to Philadelphia, but... Uh, you know, maybe next year, one step away. But, uh, you know, it's uh, always interesting to make the connection with uh, the New Testament and the Jewish heritage. And uh, I know you guys are going through the book Gospel of Mark, which is very cool, uh, biography of that Jewish Jesus and his followers. And um, uh, today to talk about the great mitzvah. You know what a mitzvah is? Uh, how many of you have been to a bar mitzvah? Jewish friends, family, oh yeah, a bunch of you, I'm sure. Uh, girls call it bat mitzvah, age 12, right? Pretty impressive. Get a 12, 13-year-old kid up there chanting in Hebrew, the Torah. Uh, so uh, we do a lot of homework when we're uh, brought up in, in the Jewish tradition. So bar mitzvah means the son of the commandment. Mitzvah is commandment. Um, it also has kind of the broader meaning of uh, a good deed. So if you have a Jewish friend, you might hear him say, oh, that, that was a mitzvah. You know, that was a good thing to do. Or if you want to get their attention, why don't you try that sometime, you know, at the office, whatever, say, hey, that's a mitzvah. So, huh? <laughs> How do you know that? Well, uh, so it means a good deed a commandment, literally. And uh, I guess uh, as Pastor uh, Bob was talking to me uh, coming in today, uh, you happen to be in Mark chapter 12, which is perfect 
for a Messianic rabbi guy like me, uh, because it's the great mitzvah. What is the great, greatest thing we can do? What's the greatest commandment? In, in the Torah, we're told that we have 613 mitzvahs. Okay, mitzvot, mitzvahs. Um, you know, someone counted them. I didn't count them. But 613, get your mind around that a little bit. I mean, think of, if you read in Leviticus a little bit, you know, it, they add up pretty quickly. All the, a lot of them pretty tedious details. So uh, it's, it's like the million-dollar religious question. What is the greatest mitzvah, the great mitzvah? And in Mark 12, uh, we find that a group of rabbis are discussing this question, this issue. And um, you know it's a Jewish crowd when there's a bunch of questions, because that's kind of what we do. Uh, so if you're in Mark chapter 12, and uh, verse 28, uh, um, in the next paragraph of this gospel account, uh, we have to start off, the all-important question, all-important question, uh, verse 28 of Mark 12, one of the rabbis, Torah scholars, depending on your translation, came and heard them debating. Well, again, you know, it was a Jewish crowd, a lot of debate questions, group of rabbis taught, you look at the context here, and they're debating, asking questions giving answers, disagreeing with each other, all that. Seeing that Yeshua had answered them well. Again, I'm using the Hebrew terms, don't, no shock, right? Uh, a lot of you know his Hebrew name. Say that with me, Yeshua. Yeshua, think about it. That's what he was called when he was in Israel. Um, uh, you know, English hadn't been invented yet, I guess. But uh, Yeshua, Hebrew, means salvation, uh, you shall call him Yeshua because he will save his people from their sin. So, and I, I just think it has a beautiful uh, ring to it as well, Yeshua. Well, seeing that Yeshua had answered them well, and I mean, he's in the middle of this rabbinic debate. This particular rabbi asked Yeshua, which mitzvah is first of all? What's the greatest commandment? And, of course, that's, that is the, the million-dollar spiritual question. 613 commandments, you can kind of get lost in the, the, a lot of details. So it's a classic uh, question to ask. And, and uh, you know, the rabbis, they, they actually asked and answered that question uh, previously. Uh, a group of rabbis did in the, you know, the Jewish commentary called the Talmud. You've heard of that. The Talmud, uh, basically the rabbinic commentary on the Bible, and some of the ancient rabbis, even from Yeshua's day. And I have a reference there uh, for you uh, uh, scholars. You can uh, look up that, that uh, makot, it's called, 23b. That's the Talmud reference. You can Google that, uh, uh, if you will. And, and uh, you'll find a, a whole paragraph discussing this question and what might be the answer. 
And I've summarized it there. And if you can listen up and follow along, I, I think you'll get, you'll get most of this. The rabbi said, quote, 613 commandments were given to Moses. But we break it down to 365 are negative commandments, equaling the number of days in a year. You know, thou shalt not. There's 365 negative commandments. Interestingly enough, they put that with every day of the year. And the remaining 248 positive commandments equal the number of the human body. Bones, uh, organs. You know, again, I don't know if anyone counted, but uh, that, that's a nice rabbinic poetic way to say it. But it is pretty cool because you see what they're saying? That part of that answer is, well, we know for sure there's 613 and 248 are every part of our body and the 365 is every day of the year. So we should do God's work, do his commandments with all our strength every day. Pretty cool. Uh, I think we can all agree with that. But here's where it gets especially interesting, because they start breaking it down. You can see the breakdown on the slide in your outline. Uh, King David came and reduced the 613 down to 11. Okay, and the reference is Psalm 15. Uh, if you're quick, you can note this and look it up later. In Psalm 15, King David mentions 11 things that are priorities. Okay, Isaiah reduced them to six commandments. 613 down to six. That's, that's simplifying. And that's from Isaiah chapter 33, if you're taking notes. This one you probably know. Micah uh, reduced it down to three commandments. Micah 6, 8 says, what does the Lord God require of you? Right? To love mercy, do justice, and walk humbly with God. You, kind of a famous verse. Well, the rabbis say that summarizes the whole 613 down to three. That's pretty logical. They have a couple other uh, references there, but the last one is Habakkuk, little prophet uh, Habakkuk in the Old Testament. Uh, boil it all down, the 613 down to one commandment, when he said, quote, the righteous shall live by faith. And that may sound familiar to some of you New Testament readers because it's exactly what another rabbi said, Rabbi Paul, can I call him that? Saul of Tarsus, Paul, uh, rabbinical student for sure, so he probably read this very thing and studied this very thing. And he says in Romans 1, the righteous shall live by faith. Right? Sounds kind of familiar. So uh, I think that's pretty cool to summarize uh, the 613 down to these things. Well, here's a group of rabbis on, the, we'll say, a street corner of Jerusalem. And they're having this nice little discussion at, at, outside in the patio of Jerusalem, Starbucks, or whatever. And uh, they say, uh, okay, Rabbi Shmuley, you say that. Uh, Rabbi Moshe, you say that. Rabbi Yeshua, what do you say is the greatest commandment? Uh, so it's classic uh, question, all-important question, as I call it, 
And the answer uh, is a very important, prioritized answer, I call it. Uh, verse 29 of Mark 12. Yeshua answered, the first is, and you know, they were speaking Hebrew, so I will a little bit, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. <laughs> Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Greatest commandment. And it continues, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. Now, that is called the Shema prayer in Judaism. You can ask your Jewish friend, uh, a couple of you from Jewish background, you, you know, it sounds familiar, because this part of the Torah, this part of the commandments, we pray three times daily if we're traditional Jews. Three times daily, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, the Lord is one, hero Israel, and you shall love the Lord with all your heart, all your being. So it already is prioritized as the answer. Um, all those we just saw, you know, different rabbis give different answers, what might be the greatest commandment. Well, Yeshua says the Shema passage is the greatest one, and that's Deuteronomy 6.4 is that one verse, also connected to uh, the next verse, Deuteronomy 6.5, love God. So it's vital to, uh, of course, know who God is. The Lord is one, the only God. But it goes a step further to love him have a relationship with him. And what is so interesting is that, uh, again, some of you really study these things, uh, Deuteronomy 6.4 has a bit of a mystery to it. Uh, you know, whatever the translation is, it sounds kind of straightforward. The Lord our God, the Lord is one, okay. But the rabbis note, and we certainly note, the way it's worded is quite uh, captivating. Because it says literally, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Wait a second. Why does he, <laughs> why didn't you say, the Lord is one, end of verse. But for some reason, God says, no, the Lord, your God, the Lord combined into one. Three mysteriously in this one unity. I think that works here, doesn't it? Sound familiar to your theology? Uh, yeah, three in one. And, and again, some of you uh, really dig into this. I didn't even put the word up there, but you can look up that word for one, echad, in Hebrew, echad, which, uh, you know, is translated one, but the context of it in the Bible especially is uh, a oneness, a unity of several things. For example, the, the same word echad is used way back in Genesis 2 about the marriage relationship. A man shall leave his father's mother, cleave to his wife, that two shall become echad, one. 
Well, that tells us something. Uh, take a survey here. Husbands and wives, are we, you get married, you're just kind of this one. Uh, no, the, the wife usually still has her opinion, I know from experience. <laughs> and the husband, we got, it's, a, it's a unity, right? That's a biblical marriage. Uh, husband still has identity, wife has, but you are united in marriage. And that's the same word. Why does God use that same word to describe himself? There are other words that, uh, that mean absolute oneness, only one, that's it, singular. But believe me, there's a lot of discussion in theological circles to this day why this word for a composite unity for God himself. Well, that's a bit of a problem in most branches of Judaism, right? It's like, wait a second, I thought God is one, and I, why does he keep talking in plural terms and, you know, uh, uh, plural pronouns, et cetera, et cetera? Well, it's a problem for some, but actually for us, Messianic Jews, and I, I still don't know what to call you guys. Uh, messianic Gentiles, is that okay? Or Messianic whatever you are? <laughs> We're all Messianic. If you believe in Yeshua, Jesus, right? Messiah, amen? Uh, it's not a problem. Actually, it's, a solu- it's the solution. Because God is this mystery, and it, it actually now makes perfect sense to me. I mean, I, not that I understand it totally, but, but Father, Messiah, Holy Spirit, these are one. Yeshua came to Israel, made some spectacular claims. He actually said in John chapter 10, I and the Father are one. (laughs) You kind of lose it in English. I mean, again, he's speaking Hebrew to the Jewish crowd there in John 10. I and the Father are echad. And... Some people say, well, no, he's, he's just talking, uh, he's in, you know, he agrees with God, he's, you know, he's a good rabbi. Is that, well, read the context of John 10, you may remember, that's the place where right after he made that statement, I and the Father are echad, some of the Jewish leaders picked up stones. He said, well, why are you picking up stones? Because you being a man, make yourself, are you saying you're equal with God? I mean, they're all speaking Hebrew, so they understood what he was saying. Not just that Jesus is a good teacher and he agrees with the Torah. He was actually saying that somehow he was the expression of God himself come to live among us. So all that is encompassed in this great commandment. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And yet you shall love him with all your heart, all your soul. Yeshua goes on in Mark 12, verse 31. He says the second editing to this addendum is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other mitzvah greater than these. Love God, love people. Pretty simple. I think. 
sometimes we actually make it more complex than it needs to be. Love God. Show his love to our world. And Lord knows we need more love in this world, don't we? Our society is wrestling with a lot of things. In our day, um, I'll just put it this way. Uh, Kanye West is not talking about love. Um, you know, the controversy the last couple weeks. Uh, what he called? Ye, whatever he calls himself these days. I don't even know what he does. But, um, you know, big, mega star. And, uh, but you know the news. I mean, he w- made these terrible statements. For some reason, uh, anti-Semitic, you know, the Jews are controlling the media. The Jews are controlling finances. Uh, the Jews started COVID. The Jews started, I mean, just crazy, crazy stuff. But what was really doubly scary was guys up here on the 405 freeway. White supremacists, did you see that part? Holding up banners. Kanye is right about the Jews. I mean, just sad, kind of scary for the Jewish community. It's like, what is going on? I mean, we got too much hate in the world. Uh, And anti-Semitism is there, even in Southern California. And in some surprising places. You know, uh, the good news is, is that Well, his ex-wife, Kim, spoke out against it, right? Uh, Several of his sponsors, right, said, enough of this. You know, we don't go with hate. Um, But if you didn't read the fine print of the news, you you may not have seen that Adidas shoes, they were basically the last one to cut off his contract. They waited a week, a couple weeks, and people kept waiting. It's like, well, what's Adidas think about all this? They're the biggest sponsor. And, I mean, you know, whatever it is, $2 billion, you know, sponsorship he's got. And, you know, okay, so maybe it's just a money thing. But, but the Jewish community realized that, you know, there's something a little deeper here we need to, be, we need to understand. And I'm sorry if, uh, you know, uh, you, you realize you got, got a guy like me sharing with you today, you're going to get a little bit of Jewish history, always. Um, But uh, the history of the Adidas companies, rather controversial. And I don't know, I was checking my shoes today, because, (laughs) you know, it's not all bad news, so don't, you don't have to hold against Adidas, but, but did you know that the Adidas shoe company was started pre-Nazi Germany, they're a German company, and it was two, uh, you know, German brothers who uh, started the company back in the 1920s. And their revolutionary thing was uh, developing shoes that had uh, spikes in it. You know, like cleats? Cleats. Baseball cleats, uh, track cleats. I mean, that was the first, major, first company to do that. They invented it, I, I, I read. Uh, in the 1920s, revolutionized the sport world, right, as uh, you can imagine. And especially before the 1936 Olympics in Berlin. Do you remember those Olympics? Read about that? Uh, that was Adolf Hitler, you know, showcase to, he thought, prove that the Aryan athletes were better than everyone else. 
And God bless Jesse Owens, right? Black American, uh, track and field, just wiped out everyone. Uh, so uh, kind of a smear on, on the Nazis. But uh, just to let you know, uh, Jesse Owens wore the Adidas shoes. And on the platform, when he's receiving the award, he's got his Adidas shoes on. So it's weird. There was a, well, the, the brothers who own that company, they were card-carrying Nazis. Uh, they, they were proud of it. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people got sucked into that in, in Nazi Germany. Um, but they never denied it. And uh, long story short, they, they had a falling out, and, and, and one of the brothers named Adolf uh, uh, Dassler, Adolf Dassler, you know, took control of the company. His nickname was Addy, so he renamed the company Adidas. And, uh, you know, just strange connections. Uh, I mean, you can Google Adidas and Nazis, and you'll, you'll be surprised. Now, it's not as if everyone holds, uh, even the Jewish community does not hold that against Adidas usually. Uh, in fact, ironically, uh, later on in, in uh, 2020, excuse me, 2012, um, the Arab Federation, the Arab League in the Middle East, uh, was boycotting Adidas in the Arab world because uh, Adidas sponsored the Orthodox Jewish Marathon in Jerusalem. <laughs> so just weird twists and turns, and I don't know. Uh, I share that only for educational purposes that... You know, the world is confused many times. And too often, as we've seen with Kanye's situation, just there's too much hate. Um, we are called to counter that with love. Aren't you glad the Bible is a book about love? <laughs> the greatest commandment, love. Not every book says that. Not every religious book says that. But the Bible, both Old and New Testament, I mean, Yeshua is quoting the Torah, saying the greatest commandment, love God and love everyone else. Uh, it it kind of simplifies it. It's uh, so important as we uh, think about this great command. What's the great... If you had to boil the whole thing down, maybe you'll have to yourself give an, what they call it, the elevator speech, right? You've got 30 seconds talking to someone in the elevator. Uh, oh, it's the greatest commandment. Uh, love. I'm so glad that our faith is based on love. Aren't you? Well, look at the rabbi's response back to Mark 12. Okay, Yeshua shares with him his perspective. If I call him Rabbi Yeshua. Uh, verse 32, the other rabbi said, well said, Rabbi, Yeshua, well said. The Torah scholar, the rabbi said to him, you have spoken the truth that God is one, echad, again, would have been the Hebrew, and besides him, there is no other God. 
And, verse 33, to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, to love your neighbor as yourself is much more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. Wow. A rabbi's response. This is interesting, don't you think? There's a, a rabbi, a different rabbi, commending Yeshua. It's almost like, you know, hey, we know there's a lot of rabbinic interpretations about this great commandment thing, but Rabbi Yeshua, what do you say? And he heard the answer. He says, oh, very good answer. Well said. I agree. God is one. Love others. Love your neighbor. Uh, In fact, this other rabbi adds the little interpretation. He says, it's actually more, love is more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. You know, for a traditional Jew during that time period, you know, we're talking the temples functioning, the sacrifices. Now, he's not saying you don't need the sacrifices, but love is the priority. It's much more important. And we, we, we understand that. I mean, hey, it's not just in Judaism. It's, it can be any religion, including, you know, your faith, Christianity, or what. You know, we just get caught up in the minutia. We sometimes get caught up in, uh, well, can you call it religion? We sang one of the songs I thought is very cool. Oh, I, I have to paraphrase. Uh, Chachi can uh, correct me, but it's like, uh, you know, cleanse my religion. What, what was it? Uh, Greg, you could tell me. Uh, you know, the religion quote, used in that context is not the biggest thing. There's religion, and there's actually a lot of religion in the world, in our society, but what Yeshua is talking about, what this rabbi is even wrestling with, it's about relationship, right? And in, in Judaism, with even all our traditions and, quote, religion, I mean... A lot, it's beautiful. I love it. Obviously, I'm wearing my Padre yarmulke, so it has to count for something. But it's only because it reminds me that the greatest thing is love. God, that's what we remember. God is watching over us. Or as the Hebrew National Hot Dog commercial says, right? Uh, I answer to a higher authority. <laughs> so, uh, but the traditions, and you guys have traditions, whatever it might be. Could be Christmas, could be, you know, other things. Uh, You know, that's not the end result. The end result is, hey, does it draw me into that relationship with God? Relationship, not religion. If I quote that Jewish theologian, Steve Covey, uh, right, seven things for success. Well, he's not Jewish and he's not a theologian, but I, I say that. But he, he's quoted uh, as saying, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. <laughs> Brilliant, right? He sold a billion books on that. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And that would have worked well with the rabbi discussion here. Because that's really what Yeshua is saying. With the 613, the main thing 
is to keep love of God, love of people, the main thing, to keep it the main thing. I, I think we, we actually make our faith more complex than it needs to be. Um, you know, we kind of get up swirl in that swirl of religion and tradition and customs. Depends uh, what, what, where you're coming from, but I think all of us could use this refreshing rabbinic discussion of just simplifying it. You don't have to worry about the 613. You don't even have to worry about 11 commandments. It's like, wow, love God, love people. Show that love of God in our community. It's so beautiful that, unfortunately, we overlook it sometimes. Well, check out what Yeshua says in closing here. Verse 34. Um, when Yeshua saw that the rabbi had answered wisely, he said to him, You were not far from the kingdom of God. And no one dared any longer to question him. Discussion over. <laughs> uh, it's so amazing. Yeshua commends this rabbi, you've answered wisely. And you're not far from the kingdom. Now, he didn't say you're in the kingdom uh, quite yet, maybe, but, but uh, that's quite a statement as it is. You are not far from the kingdom. I don't know. Uh, again, may, I think too many people are too uh, pessimistic about People, situations, like, hey, you know, you got to believe or else you're going to hell, like, today. Um, well, you know, we Messianic Jews believe in heaven and hell, you know. I mean, very parallel to, to uh, you know, grace point beliefs and all. But it makes you wonder, like, wait a second, is it that black and white? I mean, if... People in, Yeshua was talking to the rabbi here. He says, hey, you're not far from the kingdom. I wonder how many people that we rub shoulders with, okay, they're not believers, but maybe they're on their way. Maybe they're not far. I, probably in this sanctuary, we could give a lot of interesting testimonies, like, uh, were you guys always 100% in with Jesus? I some of you didn't know him till last week, maybe. <laughs> uh, and some of us, I can speak for myself, and a lot of us Jewish guys, I mean, it's a process. I think for all of us, wouldn't you say? Even if you had the blessing of being brought up in a home of faith, hey, you know, it's a process of your own faith, your own relationship with God. Um, so I don't know. I, at one point, I was maybe 38% in. You know, I didn't know any better. <laughs> it's like, but I was open and questioning. And, you know, especially be patient with your Jewish friends, okay? We, we got some issues, usually. <laughs> and we've got some history. And then some crazy stuff like Kanye happens, and we get more confused. Um, so, uh, but, you know, it's keeping the main thing your love relationship with God, but loving people. And I'll tell you what, uh, hey, over 100,000 Jews here in San Diego County, 
I don't have to tell you, I guess, with a synagogue in your parking lot. <laughs> um, what my people need more than anything is that love of God. Just, you know, a little patience, love of God, and okay, they're not believers in Jesus, most of them. There are a few of us. You know, that's why I'm here today. <laughs> there are a few of us. But I, just love on everyone, and especially, man, the Jewish community needs to see that love coming from you Christians, from Grace Point. And it may shock you, but we're not expecting that. We're not used to that. We're almost thinking that, you know, gosh, the Adidas and the, you know, the weird stuff that happens almost every week, the anti-Semitism somehow that, you know, uh, well, you guys have a beautiful opportunity to break that myth, to like Yeshua and this rabbinic discussion to say, hey, you know what, the main thing is love and, you know, we love Israel, we love you guys, and, you know, your relationship with God, that's between you and God, but, but uh, you know, that's all we're called to do, right? Love people and be ambassadors of that love. So keep sharing. Keep sharing that love. I think that's from the great mitzvah today. To, uh, hey, most of, let's face it, most people in the world, they're not even looking for a relationship with God, evidently. They're just off on their own, and who knows what will happen. But there's a lot of people who must be like this rabbi, not far from the kingdom. How about another rabbi named Paul? I mean, if you would have met up with him early on... Uh, you know, I, you wouldn't have wanted to meet him. But evidently, he was sincerely trying, he thought he was serving God, even in his bad days. On, not far from the kingdom. One guy really gets my attention. That Remember, there's another Jewish guy on the cross next to Yeshua. I mean, just a, evidently a bad life, you know, insurrectionist, whatever, being killed by the Romans. He's got minutes, hours to live. Lord, I think I believe in you. <laughs> Remember me in your kingdom. And I mean, he didn't have time to be baptized. He didn't have time to go to church. He didn't have time for <laughs> anything. Just, Lord, remember me. What does Yeshua say? Today. You'll be with me in paradise. There's, I'm guessing, a lot of people that you are close, rubbing shoulders with, that I think are close to the kingdom, not far away from the kingdom. And I encourage us all to take Yeshua's uh, teaching here of the great mitzvah. And uh, man, let's just, Keep that simple focus, love of God, and especially take that simple focus, just spread some more love around San Diego County here. Amen? Amen. Shalom to you all. And uh, can I pray with you about these things? Let's pray. Father God, God of Israel, we do thank you for this opportunity to come together today. And especially to, well, kind of enter into this group of rabbis. They're discussing 
this all-important question. Even with all the mitzvahs and traditions and religion all around us, it's so refreshing to hear our Messiah say, hey, keep loving God, keep showing that love to our neighbors. Lord, I pray that you'll refresh all of us here today and everyone dialed in long distance on live stream. Maybe we've been making it even too complex. But Father, just refresh us in that relationship with you today. And I pray that everyone here will just be your ambassador, sent out into our community with that love of Messiah. We do thank you. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us. And may we celebrate that relationship in a fresh way today. Follow that great commandment. In our Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, we all say, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, uh, it is Communion Sunday, so that's kind of interesting. You got a Jewish guy leading you in communion. I, I, uh, strange things happen. That, uh, of course, I celebrate it too in our uh, community. And, uh, well, you guys, uh, I, I'll just say a few words for focus, and, and then um, uh, you'll be able to come up and pick up the elements to remember. Of course, communion is, uh, well, it's perfect for today. I mean, the simple commandment, love God, walk with him. And, of course, the bread of communion comes from the Passover uh, symbolism. As Yeshua, at that last Seder meal, said, broke that matzah, said, every time you do this, remember me. So this morning, we remember with that matzah wafer. Also, if you're aware, it was uh, a particular cup of Passover called the third cup. There was like five cups at Passover. Uh, but we know in the, in the Gospels, it tells us it was the third cup he took. Cup of redemption, it's called. So he says, as often as you drink this cup, remember the redemption, that I paid a price for you to have that relationship with God. So it's very beautiful and a little bit of a Jewish emphasis today and uh, emphasis on that great commandment, I think. Uh, just showing our love to God and our appreciation for all he's done for us. Amen? So uh, the worship band can do whatever it needs to do, but uh, you can all come up. I think that's your custom, right? You all come up, pick up the cup, and take it back to your seat and wait, and we'll, we'll have a prayer together. So feel free to come up and grab the element. Thank you.